You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break it is immensely and truly appreciated i'm just gonna say this right now i don't know if i will ever ever allow jamie sweet back on the program again i'm officially banning him from the program laker tom was supposed to fight me off on this but i don't think he's going to fight me on this so we are probably going to have to okay all right i can't say that he's a great guy i can't i can't ban him from the show as much as I'd like to, with the way he predicted that the Lakers would have a trap game, not only did they have not one trap game against the Oklahoma City, <laughs> but they had two trap games against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And unfortunately today, same old story, got behind again by down as many as 20 points in the first half, had to come storming back once again in the second half, Finally kicking the defense, did sneak a two-point lead and actually up to four points at one time in the fourth quarter and managed to go ahead and say, you know what, we've got a four-point lead. We've been struggling all day and all game with three-point shots. Let's go and try and chuck a couple more instead of going straight to the basket when we were up and even when we were down by one point, which was very frustrating to not go and try and get inside to make much better shots just keep on chucking it from the outside was the theme of the day and the lakers were fortunate to get it to overtime but you know what in the overtime they finally did pull away from the oklahoma city thunder just barely though 114 to 113 in overtime again that is not one not two but three straight games now for the lakers in overtime and here today to call this trap games trap games that admiral akbar jamie sweet has predicted because they've been trap games the past three games is a good man indeed you got to go ahead and check him out on lakerholics.com and his medium.com page and site as well it is laker tom and laker tom i don't know you may have to re-talk me about letting jamie sweet back on the program well, you know, these glass half empty guys, they just they just keep predicting these 
squeaker games and uh, yeah, no i don't i don't do that i don't do the trap game deal that's him that's him i actually have to give credit to the uh oklahoma city thunder 35 year old coach a million and a half first round draft picks and 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 a young team that um that really plays pretty well disciplined ball they, their their problem is is they they shoot a lot of threes and they can't make them yeah <laughs> they shot 20 i think they shot 22% from three and we shot 29%. Boy, uh, you know, they, they've got some guys who've got some talent and, and they stuck it to us in the first quarter, just like they did the other game. And then, and they hung on tight. I mean, I, I think our biggest lead was four points, wasn't it? I don't think we ever got that is correct. four points. And not in uh, the fourth quarter, not in overtime, you know, and uh, the refs aren't going to call those close charge, charge blocks late in the game. And, Lou Dort, <laughs> Lou Dort's like LeBron going downhill when he turns a corner. And Al Horford still has a lot to, to go. Uh, they had a couple of guys who had career games, basically. And uh, and the Lakers struggled. A um, couple of things that sort of jumped out at me were um, LeBron, you know, up until that last shot and then that, that beautiful three, again, hitting from outside at clutch moments in the game. And Wes Matthews. If I were Frank Vogel, I'd be seriously considering starting Wes Matthews at this point in time over KCP. We're desperate for three-point shooting. You can see it in the way that the reason we didn't go and attack the rim, the reason LeBron didn't attack the rim, the reason Dennis didn't attack the rim, the reason Trez didn't attack the rim when we got into that overtime is because they were sagging in and had four or five guys that were basically one foot in the paint. And they were daring us to shoot threes. Even LeBron, that that three was a wide open three that he got. But we're desperate for three point shooting at this point in time. It's really been it's really been the Achilles heel for the team that has jumped up and and really made it difficult. Um, and to our credit, though, none of us, you know, I mean, it was like a joke. We can't have three overtime games in a row. Uh, first time we've had that happen since ninety one ninety two, and in ninety one ninety two, we won the first two and lost the third one tonight. We won all three of them. So, you know, I think that's great. My opinion is that Admiral Akbar has used up all of his trap games of the year already. But no more trap games, Jamie. Now, that's a problem to me when he calls all these trap games. That's a problem to me. No more trap games, man. We've used them up for the year. We've won all of our trap games. So now let's move forward. Let's move forward because this is getting very... Well, you know, what's, what's interesting is that... It's a good now, thing I have gray hair. It's a good thing I already have gray hair. We're a half a game behind the... Uh, we're at 20 and 6, and uh, and uh, the Jazz are at 20 and 5. I saw the Jazz play for the first time this year. I watched them play the Celtics. Played really well, man. I mean... Yes. Uh, they closed out that game. They've got, really they got some guys that I've always loved and have always coveted for the Lakers. But they have a scheduling problem because their next four games are against the Bucks, the 76ers, and then a two-game series against the Los Angeles Clippers. And uh, so that's going to be very interesting to see how they handle those four games. The Lakers have got another big game coming up on Valentine's Day with, uh, with uh, Denver. Denver. Um, so that's the game that's going to be one to watch for us. But we have, we've got a good chance to uh, move into first place. And I think if we can do that and move into first place and uh, let's say Denver, Utah loses two of those four games, 
we can start to stretch out. And we're starting to see a little bit of spacing, you know, between the teams. After after the five and six Lakers, the next best team is eight, uh, which is uh, there's like two teams with eight and then a nine and ten. So you're starting to see some space being stretched out as we move into the, you know, the second quarter, so to speak, of the season. And the Lakers, you know, we have the best record for clutch clutch games at this point in time. It's not something you really want to do, but it it says that uh, trap games for us may not necessarily be trap games. You know, we've lost a couple of them like that. We lost the Philadelphia game by one point and we blew, you know, we blew some games that we should have won. But 20 and five, you win a few more games. I mean, we were 24 and th- we were 24 and three at one point, I think last year, 25 and three, actually, for yes. the first 28 games. So if we could end up being maybe not 25 and three, maybe we're 23 and 22 and six or something like that. That's a pretty good record, especially considering the short off season, um, the condensed schedule, and all of those other things going to it. So it's you know it, the other thing that sort of jumps out at me too is that man, we really need Anthony Davis, even though AD is not playing like the AD that finished the year last year and could have easily been MVP of the playoffs if it wasn't for LeBron. But boy, he makes the game so much easier having that second superstar. The load that LeBron is playing with 46, 43, and 41 minutes the last three games, maybe 42 minutes by the time he finished this game, puts a lot of weight on his shoulders. Give that man a day off. Really, he deserves it. I'm hoping that this whole thing with AD uh, and the Achilles, you know, I'm always having, having, having torn my left and right Achilles at once at 30 years old and once at 40 years old. I'm very sensitive about guys with Achilles injuries. So I don't mind AD taking off because, man, that is a tough injury to come back from. And even with modern medicine and all of the advances that we've made and you see guys like, you know, coming back from it without have any effect at at this point in time. But uh, it's, it's an injury that's difficult and you don't want to mess around with that. But, you know, hey, we won the game. What more can you ask? I can ask to not give me a heart attack every single time, especially when you're playing teams that are well under 500. One of 72 games, Gerald, you can't let that get you out of shot of sorts. But you've told me this the last game. And then you told me this the last game. And then you've told me this at least a half a dozen times. And we won the last three games. So, but I only have so many. I might feel a little differently. We lost the last three games. Well, I only have I only have so many heart attacks I can take, you know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but no, uh, I just when you, get, when you get to be as old as I am, Gerald, you'll understand that those those things you have to take them in, and you have to take them in stride. You have All to right. sit out and have some perspective. Want to give uh, Adam a big shout out? Thank you for giving us a heart on Facebook. We truly appreciate it. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. And the Lakers escape once again. Oh, 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 my goodness. In overtime, 114-113. LeBron didn't have great shooting numbers. Again, second game around. I think he start, we're really starting to see the fatigue with him. Got to give him some rest. Day, he needs a day off here. Yeah. Man. 25, seven assists, six rebounds, 25 points, like I said. Three for nine from the three-point area, so that's not great for him, who was coming in with a 41% average. Yeah, 
I mean, Kuzma. He, he hit both games. He hit clutch threes, man. Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. Kyle Kuzma did pretty good. 15 points, eight, uh, excuse me, 15 points, nine rebounds. Not too bad there from Kuzma. Good output. That's what you want to see. Caldwell Pope, not there again. Gasol, not there again. Uh, actually, this was a high-scoring game for Gasol. I shouldn't say that because he got eight points. You know, that's, that's like a 20-point game for a lot of players on the team. Uh, Schroeder, 19 points, five assists, seven rebounds. Comes in big once again. Didn't have the greatest shooting numbers in the world, but obviously he did come and made a major contribution. Montrez Harrell, 20 points, eight of 10 shooting. I mean, two block shots. He gives you what you need coming off the bench, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's really impressed me. The other thing that's really impressed me has been how much he's improved his free throw shooting. Because while there were calls for him not to close out games when he was at the Clippers because of defense, it was also because of free throw shooting. But uh, he's he is he has really improved his free throw shooting dramatically. You know, he was uh, he said he was. Uh, four or five tonight, you know, he, and he's and hit a couple of clutch free throws right down the stretch there. You know, it's interesting that I proposed earlier in the year when we had these 11 man rotation that what the Lakers ought to do in order to keep all 11 guys fresh and healthy was to just pick two guys every night to take the night off, you know, and go with a nine man rotation so that everybody gets into rhythm and, and, and you get an opportunity to get into the flow of the game and also to play with to get used to who you're playing with that night. Um, and then everybody's fresh and, and nobody has to sit three or four games like Wes did before he got a chance to start. I really would like to see Matthew start because we desperately need three-point shooting. We're not getting it from KCP at this point in time. And it might take some pressure off of Kenny to to go to the bench. And, and, I, and I think also, too, sticking with the same lineup the same nine-man rotation means you got to leave two guys out who could be very valuable guys when it comes to the playoffs. I know Jamie was proposing that we waive Marquise Morris, you know, and I was just uproared about that. He's the guy who saved us in the playoffs last year, and I still believe. Absolutely. I still believe in Keith, but it is. Tough Why would you? you let me ask this: Why would he want to waive Marquise Morris when you still have players like? Alfonso McKinney on the team, Quinn Cook on the team, who's on, I don't think he's, maybe. Well, I think we're just dissatisfaction with his play. Um, because Keith hasn't, Keith hasn't, he hasn't been hitting his trees. He's shooting 31%. And so that's, that's the big factor. But the problem is, is that this is, it's hard to shoot your normal. And even same thing with Wes. He was, he was down around 35%. Now the last couple of games, he's got, he's up over 40%. But it's really hard to get a rhythm as a three-point shooter when you don't play regularly. But that's not the deal with Mark, not just the fact that he can hit three-pointers. I mean, yes, last year in Detroit, he hit close to 40%, I think a little bit above that. But I wanted to go with him. The reason why he was such a major part of the playoffs for the Lakers was the fact that in a small ball, five-man, five-out rotation, he provided that center power slash powered forward position and gave some forward. pressure off. He took some pressure off. And, and, big enough, and big enough to guard some of the fives just to take yeah. some of the weight off of. Well, here's the difference this, this year, though, Gerald. Last year, AD played center 40% of the time, and only 60% of the minutes were used up by McGee and Howard. This year, 
Trez and Gasol use up 43 minutes of the 48. So you're only playing AD 7% of the time at center. Uh, and then he's also missed five games. So th- it is a problem because that Morris really doesn't play well. You were too small when you play Morris and Trez together. Yeah. Um, and Trez, Trez really is a center. He's not a, he's not a power forward. He's a center. He happens to have a small body, but, and so you don't have the minutes for Morris unless you play him with AD because you can't play him with Trez. Well, you do if you bench or if you follow the same format you did in the last year's playoffs and you sit down your starting center because they sat down McGee for the playoffs and brought in Morris to pick up the slack for those minutes. Right. If they do the same thing again, because Gasol is not going to That's why Morris is really valuable, and you don't yeah. want to – and you want to keep him engaged all year long, which is why I'm in favor of, of Frank using a rotating nine-man rotation, you know? Everybody could just take a game off every three or four games. And, and frankly, you know, it'd be great to have LeBron take a game off every three or four games. I know he wants to play every night, but the truth is – I'd like to keep him fresh for the playoffs. We talk about all of this effort we make to keep AD fresh for the playoffs. Well, who was MVP last year in the playoffs? Who is MVP of this regular season? You got to force LeBron to take some time off. You got to do some things to keep him healthy in the season because this is a compressed season without fans. It's one of those, it's, it's as odd and as unprecedented as last year was in the bubble. And we don't know how that's going to affect people once you get going along late in the season. I mean, I, I'd frankly, at this point in time, I would, I would, if I was going to reduce the rotation, the player I'd take out of the rotation, frankly, is Mark Gasol. He's shooting the worst of anybody on the team. He still is playing good defense considering he can't jump and he's not very fast. He still has got good hands and he still blocks some shots. He's got a big body that people got to get around. But the truth of the matter is, is that we haven't gotten off to good starts. No, we're losing, we're losing first quarters left and right. And the very high offensive rating that that team had originally in the first, let's say the first quarter of the season, as we've gone into the second quarter of the season, we've seen that drop down dramatically. Yeah. Um, we haven't been as effective and we've been losing. We've been putting ourselves in a hole and having to dig it out of that hole every game. So if you start Trez, you get it to play him with AD and that, that makes sense. And, and Trez is, Trez is a minutes eater. He's the guy who's eating the minutes at center to keep AD healthy. And then I also think the same thing with KCP. If KCP was shooting as well and better than Wes was at this point in time, I'd say no problem, start KCP, but we need three point shooting. We need it from our guards to open up AD and LeBron. We need it more than we need it from LeBron, frankly. LeBron's threes are <sighs> a lot of LeBron's threes, I think, are settle shots. Yep. God, they're going in, but they're settle shots. Yeah. They're settle shots because he's pacing himself and he knows it. And 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 also too, they open up things a little because after a while, if he keeps hitting them at 40% like he's doing, you can't just ignore him, especially when he gets hot. Yeah. You know, and he and he's gonna do a heat check out there and then knock two or three or four of them in a row. And the game's out of reach for somebody. So it's time, I think, for Frank to just look at shaking up the starting lineup, thinking again about the rotation. Nine men is right. I don't think you want to play 10 or 11. You play 10 or 11, there's three or four guys on the team 
who don't have enough minutes to get into a rhythm. And you've got too many combinations with 10 or 11 players that you're seeing too many five-man combinations out there that it's hard for guys to get comfortable with whom they're playing with yeah. and to get a feel for that. Um, and I think those are the things that we ought to look at. And then the other thing that it, it still bothers me is if your team is coming out flat and you're getting beat on defense and we're getting beat on defense because guys are just not engaged, then switch to a more aggressive, turn the defense into offense, you know, get aggressive and, and start trapping and doubling and forcing rotations and getting guys flying around. Um, you don't have to do it the whole game so you wear everybody out. You can do it every third possession or every second possession or every fourth possession or in one quarter or in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But do some things to shift it up, to generate energy, get some fast break points because offense, defense basically is really what fuels our best offense. We really play our best offense when we're playing great defense. And that starts with aggression. Then that carries over onto the whole court. You know, it carries over to the offense. It carries over to confidence. And then also, late in the game, if you're open, you've got to shoot the ball. And we're coming down on threes. And I saw Kuzma do this three or four times tonight where he had an open three. He just has to take that shot in rhythm. And Matthews right now is the only guy on the team that I see taking that shot. Morris hesitated several times. Schroeder's always... Dennis always is basically taking threes off of the threat of his driving because he gets the guy to take a step back and he's got an open three. But you get guys like Matthews, he's going to come down and he's going to fire away. Um, I think he deserves to start at this point in time. He's been critical. He's at a critical three to help win the last two games. Um, and, you know, it, we'll see what happens. We got AD coming back, hopefully for the next game. I guess when we play Friday. Yes. Against Memphis at home Memphis at on Friday, and then Friday is is that the, then Monday is what is what is the fourteenth? Fourteenth uh, is going to be Sunday. That's and at Sunday? Denver. That's okay, at Denver. So Denver on Sunday. Then that'll be a good game. That'll be a good test for us. You know, hopefully we'll we'll get our game together and we'll come out and play well. And and I'm sure Akbar is going to announce to us tomorrow in his five great things that. This is a trap game coming up Friday. <laughs> this is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. Well, you know what? We'll see about letting him back onto the show. It's on the fence right I now. We'll we just, see. I just, we, we got to just keep running on him so that he finally gets tired of it because he's not here to defend himself. So he's going to have to show up. That's how All you right. get it. All right. All right. Well, we'll let him back on. Let, let him back on. But, you know, I, this Admiral Akbar, it's a trap deal. <laughs> That's got to go. I tell you, because it's giving my. Yeah, you know what? It's a good thing my hair is gray already. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. 
But I want to go ahead and give a big shout out to Kelpatrick, who also gave us a thumbs up on the Lake Show group. Want to go ahead and thank him so much for that. Again, appreciate everyone who took the time to watch and listen to us today. But before we head on out, my friend, please give everyone an update on what you're doing, not only on your medium.com site, but also Lakerholics.com. There was an interesting article that uh, Eric Pincus put out. Most of us all know that Eric is a former Lakers blogger um, and basically a salary cap expert. And he basically had a great article talking about how the salary cap and the luxury tax is going to affect the Lakers. The possibility that the Lakers could end up with a, a salary cap hit of like 95 to $100 million. So I, I have an article coming out that basically is looking at the changes that the league has put in for the salary cap. Because basically the way the salary cap works is for the first 5 million that you're over the cap, which is 132.8.6 million for the team. So the first 5 million you're over the cap, you pay a buck and a half for each dollar you're over. The second 5 million you pay uh, $1.75. And the third 5 million, 250. The fourth 5 million, four and a, uh, three and a quarter. Then it goes to 375, then four and a quarter, and up 50 cents every time. So what happens is that it's not a bad deal if you're five or $10 million over. Most teams can handle that. It's gonna cost you maybe $10 million. But when you get to that 15 to 20 million over, uh, you could run into a situation like the Warriors did when they when they made that uh, deal to, to bring on Ubre onto the team for $14 million. That $14 million that Ubre put in there cost them over $50 million in tax. It was going to be around 80 to $85 million, I think, was one time I heard. And you they're, know, the total cost. Right now, they're slated right now to have a tax of $149 million. Oh. Uh, next to them is uh, at $49 million or $59 million are the Brooklyn Nets. The Lakers are looking like. But what the, what the league did is that they – they came out in December and they tied because of the COVID situation and the uncertain financial landscape facing the teams. They expected that the BRI, the basketball related income, on, which is shared with the owners and players, pretty close to 50-50, they expect that to be down 30% of the year. And so they basically tied the luxury tax decrease or a tax cut, if you will, a tax cut for the millionaire teams it's really going to be only for the luxury tax teams, which are the big market teams. And it was pushed, obviously, by the Players Association and the big market clubs. So there's a 30% discount on that. So when Pincus is talking about $95 million tax for the Lakers, it's really only like a $65 million tax for the Lakers. Only, only $65, well, $65 million, I mean, there's no way Jeannie Busk can say that we're not going to pay $65 million if the Brooklyn Nets are paying 60 million and the Golden State Warriors, who are the only team, I think they're, if I'm not mistaken, I think that they passed the Lakers and the Nets, or Lakers and the Knicks in net value at $5.4 million for the most valuable team in the million. NBA. You said million, it's billion. Billion, yes, billion. And obviously there's where you make the comparison. What is, what is 65 million? when your club is worth $5 billion. Now, the difference is, of, of course, that the Lakers ownership doesn't have outside interests, you know, like, like the owners of the Clippers do or some of the other teams. Uh, they don't have an outside revenue source that gives the owner money to spend. 
but the Lakers are probably going to do whatever they have to do to keep this club together. And, and even if, you know, most likely they're not going to be able to keep Trez next year because he's a free agent. We don't have any free agent money. We're not going to be able to pay $15 million, which is probably what he's going to get offers for. A lot of people saved up a lot of money thinking that Giannis was going to be available. Kawhi was going to be available. LeBron and AD might be available. They all signed extensions. And so now you got 20 teams out there with lots of all this cap space they've saved up. I want to just make a correction for you because mm-hmm. I act actually reading at this point in time the Forbes yeah. article, the actual Forbes article. The New York Knicks are still the they're still number one. Yes, at, they're at five billion. They have a change of nine percent over last year. Golden State Warriors have moved up to number two because of a nine percent change year over year. And then they're at 4.7, and the Lakers are at 4.6. So that just gives you the, the idea. The operating income that they have is about 155. The Golden State Warriors, to give you an idea, is their operating income is around 200, and for the Knicks is around 178. So these are not cheap operations. To give everybody an idea, let's go down to the last team on the list, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies. To give you an idea of their value and their operating income, real quick before we head on out, their value is considerably less. Their value is only $1.3 billion. That's actually almost $4 billion. That's $4 billion less. You and I maybe can get that money together. That's $4 billion less than the New York Knicks virtually. And their operating income is only $22 million. So you see the differences there as far as the values in these teams. But it is right now the Knicks the Warriors and the Lakers one, two, and three, but it tells you the kind of money that the teams at the very hierarchy, the, the top Big of markets. the chain. Yeah. I mean, that's how much money we're talking about, how much money we're dealing with on a daily basis. Well, you right know, there. Just see the last year, last year, there were only four teams that paid taxes this year, including the two teams we talked about, the, uh, the Warriors and, and the Warriors and the Nets who are paying monster tax monies. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you look at the salaries, for example, they're, they're projecting the Warriors to play 149 million in tax. The salary cap is only 132 million. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, and then their salary is 160 million. So they're, they're talking about them paying almost $300 million in payroll and tax. Well, this year, because of that 30% discount that was negotiated because of COVID, you wouldn't think that people would not want to get into this into the luxury tax. But instead, there are 10 teams, one third of the league that is going to be paying luxury taxes. Well, something to think about right there. But a lot of teams think right now that they have a chance to go far in the playoffs. That's what I'm seeing right well, now from a lot of the actions. in the play-in tournament. Yeah, and a play-in yeah, tournament, so but also as well. Ken has a shot now. But also as well, the James Harden trade, the continued talk about Bradley Bill and so forth. A lot of teams now think they have a you know, chance to go ahead and beat the Lakers or at least compete with the Lakers on a even level. So we'll see how that plays out. And if the Lakers keep playing down to their competition like we've seen in the past three games, who knows what will happen. Just but regular season, Gerald. All right. Again, I, but again, I don't have gray hair without a reason here. And this gray <laughs> hair is turning grayer all the time. But Admiral Akbar, Jamie Sweet, we'll go ahead for now, my friend, and let you back on the air. 
you watch yourself, young man. Get that trap stuff. Mm. Mm. Watch it, man. But we got nothing but love for you. I'm just kidding, my friend, as always. But five great things. You just got to go ahead and check that out, Lakerholics.com. Also, as well, the Magic Man, L Rob, so many other great people there at Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom's articles are all over the place. And, of course, you'll find the latest episodes of the Lakers Fast Break, including tomorrow, later tomorrow, that's going to be on Thursday. I'm going to drop a new episode with Stone Hansen from Lines.com. He and I did talk about already draft the G League Ignite team. You got to go ahead and check out our thoughts on some of the top players that performed against the Santa Cruz Warriors. That's That was a very interesting conversation, plus also some draft sleepers. We also get into some surprise teams in the NBA. And, of course, we talk about the Lakers as well. But Laker Tom, we escaped once again. LeBron hit a clutch three at the end of the game in the fourth quarter to send it into overtime. Clutch steal at the end there. Yeah, clutch steal as well. Four seconds. Yes, I'm sure darn glad we have him on the team. I'll tell you what. Again, a good performance by LeBron. Still kind of tired. I think this man needs a day off. If he's not going to get it during a game, please just at least give him a day off because he certainly earned it with 25 points. He had seven assists, six rebounds, just an overall very solid game. Helped to get us through this along with clutch performances from Wes Matthews, Dennis Schroeder, and Montrez Harrell. The Lakers do once again prevail in overtime. 114 to 113. They almost fell into the trap three straight times, but they foiled Admiral Akbar. We go to four with Memphis on uh, Friday. You stop that. You stop that. You stop that. Or I'll ban you from this show, my friend. You'll be next. If, you we, do, if we do, we'll win it. So don't worry about it. All right. Okay. Because you know, I don't want to put you and Jamie Sweet in the corner. I'm just going to have to tell you that right now. But I'll tell you what. It was great talking to you once again, my friend. It was the Lakers winning in overtime, 114-113. And we will be back, like I said, tomorrow with another great episode with Stone Hansen. And also Friday. Laker Tom and I, hopefully Jamie Sweet, Admiral Akbar will finally be coming back on the show because, boy, we have much to discuss. Well, you can also hear us as well on Lakerholics on Facebook group. We he have a back and forth as well and Lakerholics.com. He goes at it with Laker Tom on Lakerholics.com and he goes at it with me on, on Facebook on Lakerholics on the group there. So be part of the conversation wherever you can on Lakerholics. But again, it is 114-113 in overtime for the Los Angeles Lakers over the Oklahoma City Thunder. And we'll be back Thursday with a special episode and Friday after the game against Memphis right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>